Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 35. Just remain seated if you'd like. We've been doing a lot of standing here today. Exodus 35 and 5. And uh, you can remain seated if you would like. And uh, the book of Exodus chapter 35 and verse number 5. The scripture says this. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Follow this next line. Whosoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. And so take among you an offering unto the Lord, and whosoever is of a willing heart, a willing heart. Today is a very important day in the service or in our calendar year, because today is the day that we'll receive our pledges for our missions and our building fund for the year. Your faithfulness in giving throughout the year affords us the opportunity to support many, many ministries, a lot of which, or most of which, if not all of which, you hear about throughout our year. Not only ministries in our local church, but it helps us to support ministries in our district, across our fellowship, and even around the world. And so for a few services now, I have been asking you to prayerfully consider what God would lay upon your heart to give every month or every week, ever how you'd like to do that on your card, to give to missions or to the building. And I want to remind you again today, I I try to say this every year, that it is not what you give that matters, it's that you give that matters. Because in all honesty, and I think truthfully, everyone can do something. And so there is no such thing as an offering that is too small for the cause of the kingdom because... Maybe what I could do alone wouldn't be enough to satisfy anything. But whenever we combine our efforts together, the Lord can bless what we do. And not only does that, by just sheer arithmetic, not only does that just add up, but I believe that God honors our faith and He blesses that. And so the Lord dealt with me several years ago to implement this giving plan for our missions and for our building. And so from that time until now... Uh, I have literally watched, we collectively, but I have literally watched as God has blessed us beyond measure. Your faithfulness in giving affords us the privilege to bless and then to be blessed as a corporate body. I think most people understand the principle of giving. Luke 6 and 28 holds, or 6 and 38 holds that, that principle. It says, give and it shall be given unto you good measure and pressed down and shaken together running over. Amen. I'm thankful for that privilege to be able to bless and to be blessed. Just a few services ago, uh, my son Justin testified about how the Lord dealt with he and Sarah at at our general conference to respond to the I Am Global missions offering. 
they agreed in their heart on a, on a dollar amount while they were in that service that night. After they got home, according to his testimony just a few days ago, and he's talked to me about this outside of the church, that the Lord blessed them with almost that much money that they didn't even know they had coming. And so God does bless us that give. Now, we don't do that. We don't give to get. We should give to give. But God said, I will, I will give. And when he said, you give and it shall be given to you. Now, we understand that many times that, that God doesn't just give us back dollars for dollars, but the Lord blesses our home. And there have been specific times. I don't know how to say this other than just to say it, but there have been specific times that the Lord uh, has prompted us to do something. We responded to that prompting. And then later on, something would happen in our life, and it was just an impression that I got from God. And God was just reminding me that this right here, is for what you did the other day. This right here. Does that make sense? I appreciate your your positive response. Because sometimes I don't really know that everything that happens in my mind happens in yours. <laughs> you don't want everything that happens in my mind to happen to yours. But, but uh, I'm very thankful that God can just kind of highlight and underscore and say, This is for that. And so I'm thankful for that. And there's so many testimonies uh, that I have, that generally I get through the year, text messages or emails of families that just say, I want to share this with you. And uh, I believe their, their, their ending statement always ends somewhat like this. I believe that God did this because of our commitment uh, throughout the year. And so just like the Lord can bless an individual, I know that He can bless an individual and I know that God can bless a family. And that, that blessing can be on an individual or that blessing can be on a family. But I also believe that that blessing can be upon a church, an entire corporate body, that that blessing can be upon them. I know that's true. I, I, I'm not batting at the air today. I know that's true because I have watched what God has done for us through the years. For example, our commitment to our building fund Throughout the years has brought that total according as of 1231.15. It'll be a little bit more than this now because we've had some services and some giving since then. But as we close our year 2015, our building fund is at $736,043.22. And I think that's worthy of a hand clap. Amen. I will be talking to you more about that. Uh, in the near future, our commitment to missions has allowed us in this in 2015 alone has allowed us to give forty seven thousand nine hundred and sixty dollars into missions, not just at home, but around the world. That includes the support that we give every month in this church to twenty seven missionary families. Thank you. Thank you. I think that it is also worth noting right here that we only receive one offering a week. One offering a week. And so these numbers and these totals are not the end result of somebody hammering us to death. But it is the end result of somebody saying, you know what? Lord, if that's what you would have me to do, this is what I'm going to do. And then this is the end result of that. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. We just received our CFC, our Christmas for Christ offering last month. And while I was preparing my message yesterday, I got an email from Brother Kenneth Stewart 
Brother Ted Stewart, who was here and preached for us a few services ago. Brother Kenneth Stewart is his brother. And, uh, his, and Brother Kenneth Stewart is the Florida District North American Missions Director, our home missions director. And I received an email from him yesterday. I think the timing was just right. He said, he said this, I was privileged Friday to be involved in the approving and the allocating of funds for starting a new work in Tampa, for doubling, completely doubling the occupancy size of another work in Middleburg, for the remodeling of a building for another new work in our state, and for personal emergency support to assist church planners to be able to, to take care of their families. All of that happened Friday, and none of this would have been possible had it not been for the generous support of our Florida churches. And so I'm sharing that with you today because I want you to know that your giving is not just vaporized. You don't just drop it in the plate and then just, God help us, we don't know whatever happened to that. Amen. But that money is invested right back into the kingdom of God. Amen. Now these are great numbers to report, but we also need to be reminded that being a part of a giving church does not make you individually a giver. Amen. We can all rejoice and clap our hands over the end result. But we have to ask ourselves, am I a part of this? Am I any part of this at all? And so only you, you know the truth of that. And so I don't want to live, I only mention that to say this, I don't want to live in the overflow of someone else. I, I, want, I want that flow to come directly to my house. I don't want to have to go to your house. In order to get the overflow. I want the flow to be coming into my life and to my home. Jesus understood the importance uh, of giving to the kingdom of God. And certainly never shirked any responsibility about that in his earthly ministry. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke more about money in the New Testament than he did heaven or hell. Sixteen of the thirty-eight parables deal with money. One of every ten verses in the gospel deals with not only money or but how to handle it. There are five hundred verses on prayer, less than five hundred verses on faith, but there are over two thousand verses in the Bible that deal with money, possessions, and how to handle them. Now, I had no idea all the things that Brother Rayleigh was going to mention this morning. But every now and then I just was trying to clear my throat and trying to interrupt him a little bit because I was so scared he was going to get in on my stuff. <laughs> and uh, But but uh, we're going to just link hands. I'm teasing about all that. But, but we're just going to link hands because we want to make sure that what we possess doesn't possess us. I want to have what I have and God to bless me and not be ashamed of that or feel like I need to apologize for anything that the Lord has helped us to get. I, I read this quote just a few weeks ago and I thought this was so fitting that said you should never begrudge anything that anybody else has because you don't know the sacrifice that they went through to get it and or maintain it. Because somebody may have gotten something just handed to them, but you have no idea the weight or the responsibility that came with that. And so I, I, I've often said that paying tithes and giving offerings is not a financial issue, it's a spiritual issue. As a matter of fact, it's a faith issue. It's an absolute faith issue. Because if you can't trust God with your finances, how are we going to trust Him with our soul? And so it becomes a faith issue. The problem, uh, Brother Rayleigh talked about the rich young ruler this morning, so I'm going to talk about him again. But the problem that the rich young ruler had in following the Lord was not the rules. And I know he adequately, adequately covered that this morning. It was not the rules or the regulations. It wasn't the law. He said, I've kept those from my youth. 
I've kept those my entire life. And so he said, I've kept that all. But, but when what kept him from following the Lord was his inability to trust Jesus with his future. Now, I looked this up yesterday just to make sure I was right. When Jesus asked him to sell all that he had, and I agree with what Brother Rayleigh said this morning, I'm not sure that the Lord at all wanted him to sell all that he had, but it was a test of his heart. It was a test to see where his treasure really was. The Bible says that he went away sorrowful. That's what the Scripture says, that he went away sorrowful. He was wanting to do so much. He was grieved. Wouldn't it be fair to say that he was grieved in his heart because of what the Lord had asked him to do? Some of, you know, sometimes we may feel like that if the Lord were to ask, you know, uh, something of us that was huge or outlandish, that we may feel like that the Lord had stepped over the line. Maybe he had asked too much of us. Uh, maybe if you'd ask a little less, we could have done that. But the Lord asked something huge of us. Uh, you, you may think that was over the line. As a matter of fact, uh, some of you might even be grieved with me if I were to ask something of you that you felt was just outlandish or you felt that was over the line. For instance, if I said, you know, if if someone here today would just give me enough money, I would like to take my wife out for a really nice meal this week. He's smiling. He's not grieving. I'm going to tell you why he's smiling and not grieving. Because that wasn't his money. I gave that to him this morning. So I have made my point, haven't I? If it's not yours, you can smile all the way to the front. Because <laughs> he knew when I gave it to him this morning, it wasn't his. So he made no plans for it. He made no, <laughs> made no, he made no provisions for it. He didn't say, I've got this set aside for such and such. I've got this set aside for such and such. And so at the mere mention of somebody saying, if I had, they could just come and give because it wasn't theirs to begin with. And so when we come into the house of the Lord and realize that what I have isn't mine anyway, and when God says, I would like to have some of that back, it won't grieve us because it wasn't mine anyway. And I can just hand that back. Amen. I can just give that back because it wasn't mine. It wasn't mine. Amen. It wasn't mine. And so what's not yours is not hard to give back. I'm not trying to just appeal to your emotions, but we need to make sense of this. You know, I've seen too many offerings apologetically taken. 
and 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 talk about giving and and you know little cute quirks and all things are are kind of made. But in all honesty, the Bible says that we are to be a cheerful giver. And not a grieving giver, but to be a cheerful giver. I don't think that that means we have to act silly or giddy or do something outlandish. But I think in our heart, not just what we do with our flesh, but in our heart, that we would just give unto the Lord because we realize that He gave that to me to begin with. And I'm just the steward of that. I was just entrusted with it. And so someone taught me a long time ago, whatever God gives you, hold on to it, but hold on to it loosely. And so when the Lord takes it away, then it won't hurt our feelings. Amen. It won't hurt us. Just hold it loosely. And so what I have, I'm just, I'm just holding this loosely because it could all be taken away. The Lord impressed on holy men of old to write over 2,000 scriptures on the subject. And so that, with that being said, I can't shirk my responsibility on the scriptures to teach from this pulpit about the blessings of giving. I try to be very balanced in that. I try to be very fair in that. But at the same time, I don't think it's a subject that we should avoid at all. I have a mandate before the Lord to teach, not only you, to remind you if you already know, but to teach our young people the value of giving. And I'm going to tell you, my heart is moved when children come to me and hand a dime or a dollar or whatever it may be. That was a sacrifice for them. It was a sacrifice for them. And so I think uh, that I think if I'm going to preach like Jesus preached, then I've got to preach about the benefits of giving and giving sacrificially. Luke 6 and 38, if you look on the screen, the Bible says this, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. If I can just put this in some, if I can just put this in some shirt sleeve language, if if you can see about that, if I can just put this in some shirt sleeve language, they're taking care of it. Uh, uh, if I can just put this in some shirt sleeve language, I would say this: that the same cup that you use to measure with to give, that's the same cup that God says, well, let me borrow that, and I'll use that to measure back to you. And so if that's the case, you know, every now and then we've got some uh, neighbors that live just a little bit south of us. And uh, <laughs> my son and daughter-in-law, for those of you who don't know. And so they, our son and daughter-in-law, and so when they come over uh, every now and then, my wife, uh, generally some, you know, some meals, some recipes she has, she fixes a lot of it, chili or whatever it may be, other things she may fix. And when she's fixing, she prepares enough for them as well. And so when they come over, they come over uh, bringing their dishes and uh, their th- the utensils and things that take, containers is the word I'm looking for, containers uh, to. Uh, to, to take that back home. And so every now and then, just as a joke, my wife has some real small spoons that you just use just to drip sugar with or something. You know, So when I know Sarah's on her way over there, I just set one of those little tall, tiny spoons there on the... <laughs> but you can't intimidate Sarah by stuff like that. Because in our home, she knows where the ladle is. And so... So she just pushes over that little spoon and ha ha, that was a that was a good one, pops. But she goes for the ladle and she starts dipping, and uh, and so because and we, and we want them to do that. I'm being humorous here, but we want them to do that. And so the Lord says, whatever measure and cup you use to measure out to me, that's the measure and cup that I want to measure out to the Lord. And so when it comes to giving, let me go back to my little spoon issue. I don't want to measure that out to the Lord because the Lord's going to take that right out of my hand to measure back to me. I want to get the largest thing that 
I possibly can because I know then the Lord's going to take that also out of my hand and measure back to me again. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, the payoff, of course, is not always financially, but in so many other ways. So many other ways. Jesus said that wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. Or in other words, whatever you love, that's what you will invest in. And so I, I want to go back to my text today. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord. Gold and silver and brass. The Lord desires an offering, but he desires it from among us. After all, if it's going to come, it has to come from here. There's no, uh, the church is not a foreign entity. The church is made up of you and I. Amen. And so it's never been my desire to ever make anybody feel pressured to do anything beyond what God would lay on your heart. However, I'm asking you to do what the Lord would lay on your heart. Whatever God would impress upon your heart, even if it is a step of faith. Amen. I say that without hesitation, and here's why. Because I'm not asking you to do anything for me personally. I'm asking you to invest into this church and its future. I'm presenting the ministry needs and the plans for the future of this church. And you know what? I don't know of the greater thing you can invest in than people. The greatest blessing comes when we give from our living and not from our abundance. Amen. Not just from whatever's left over, but from our living. Today I felt it would be a great day to just recommit in every way. And I know every year we, we refer to this as Commitment Sunday, but I just felt like today would be a tremendous day to recommit on every level. Not just financial commitments, but commitments that go beyond that. I would like for us as a church, and hear me now, I would like for us as a church to recommit ourselves to the house of God. Amen. Sadly, the church, not just this church, but the church at large is in the fight of its life with busyness, competition on every side, everywhere. You can look across the board. It doesn't matter what sign is in the churchyard. It doesn't matter what, what banner is over the door. The church is in competition with everything else that's going on in people's lives. I'm going to tell you how I was raised. I was raised... And I think I was raised right in this regard especially. I was raised that church ought to be the center of our life and everything else ought to revolve around that. Not that church is just over here, down the line, somewhere along the way, if we get time, if we can. But church needs to be the center of our life. Why? Because this is where our spiritual nutrition comes from. Amen. This is where when we walked in this morning, you know what happened? Amen. Pardon my analogy here, but when we walked in this morning, an angel just slid an IV right in our arm. Amen. And that just began to pump life and freshness and newness. I'm going to tell you, I've got enough sense from the countenance on your face to know that you feel better now than you did when you got here this morning from that wall to that wall. That's why I want to be in the house of the Lord. I want to be here when the doors are open. I want to be here on Wednesday night. I want to be here for what's taking place. I want to be here for fellowships that are going on outside of Wednesday night. Amen. Please know. Please, I have to run this disclaimer or, 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 or I run the risk of, of, of maybe somebody misunderstanding that. I know there are times that you we can't legitimately cannot be in church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we could be here but just something else has got our attention. I'm talking about when we could be here, but the enemy has just got something else that's got us spellbound. I say, Lord, let this house be the most important house in my life. I want to be here every time that I possibly can. The house of God. I want to give. I want to make sure. 
Amen. I want to make sure that everything is just right. Amen. I'm thankful for the privilege to be able to give. I'm thankful for the privilege, the opportunity. You know, I mentioned this. It's not in my notes, but I mentioned this uh, several weeks ago, maybe a few months ago now. But uh, I, I'm, I am so thankful for some men in my life when I was a young man. When I was a young man. Men that I would sit with in church because maybe they were a mentor or a friend or maybe even a family member in some cases. And I'm thankful for those men. When I was just a child, I watched them give in the offering. And I don't mean they took money out of their wallet and flashed it all around for me to see. But you can't sneak nothing past a kid. A child. And I was so thankful for friends for men that taught me which side of the wallet to give out of. Am I talking to any men in this house? They went to that side. Or whatever how you do yours. They went to the large bill side to give. I was thankful for that. I can remember as as a child just being kind of stunned sometimes. I think, wow. Because, you know, when you're a child, everybody's old and everybody's rich. (laughs) All these old, rich people. (laughs) But you know what? And I'm being very sincere. They were teaching me lessons. They were showing me something. They were showing me the way. This is how you do it. They didn't say it. They just did it. And I was watching and I observed and I hid that in my heart. And I said, you know what, one day I want to be able to do that. And God has, God has put that in my heart. I want to share that with you. And so we need to recommit ourselves. I want to talk about another part of our commitment, not just our giving, not just our faithfulness to church, but our recommitting of ourselves. And I want in this to talk about our communion. Without controversy, we agree that the Lord has made a special effort to admonish us to remember His death. We never have any trouble remembering His birth. That's for sure. We live in a society that will constantly remind us that Jesus was born. I'm thankful for that. We've just recently come through the Christmas season. And as you well know, we don't advocate that the Lord was born on December the 25th. Nothing could be further from the truth. But... But we, we do know that at least we live in a nation that gives an observance to the fact that he was born. And so we never have trouble remembering his birth. But the Lord must have known that we may have a tendency to forget his death. And so he said, therefore, he admonished us this, don't forget, don't forget. Because if we forget his death, then we may forget the reason why he died. So then it comes to us again and again and again to remember, remember, remember. As often as you do this, that's what the scripture says, as often as you do this, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. In other words, this is going to remind you that I died. We're not trying to be reminded that he died because that he died, but because of why he died. That is what is so important. And so we've come to a very special occasion in our service, which we remember the the Lord's death one more time. From the Bible, we understand that the Lord's Supper is not just a religious rite. It's not a a, a nice ceremony filled with some memories or something of nostalgia. But rather, it is a statute of the Bible, which if properly understood, can accomplish many, many things in our life. 
For one thing, it can bring us into the presence of the Lord. I'm going to tell you what I think this morning. I think the atmosphere of this service is ripe for a communion service. Amen. It brings us into the presence of the Lord. A communion service offers us the opportunity to deal with our own sin. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. To restore fellowship with God. To restore fellowship with one another. This is a day to start over. This is a time to start over. So in this memorial, we, in this memorial, we partake of the bread first. The bread is symbolic of Christ's body that is broken for us. And so the Lord's Supper speaks of the death of Christ. It was a death full of suffering. To read that as a horrific passage of scripture, but it paid for our sins. For many years among certain groups of people, there has been a debate as to whether or not communion should be served with wine or with grape juice. And this subject has been a dividing factor for many, many people for many, many years. And personally, I think this is tragedy, a tragedy. I truly believe that the most single important thing to do is to remember the death of the Lord. Amen. Not that we pick out something, and I'm not trying to cross any theological swords with anyone today, but I'm just going to tell you that I believe the most important part of communion is remembering. And sometimes people draw lines in the sand, and they start an argument, and after a while you don't even know what you're arguing over. What you're arguing over has lost all of its merit. Amen? Am I right about that? I need I need some married folks to help me out here. <laughs> Amen. I know I know I can find somebody to help me out among the married folks because there have been times my wife and I have been aggravated at each other. How oh, but that was years ago. We aggravated each other and then in time we realized we could you know what was mad about. And you're trying to carry it on. Anybody want to help me now and just be admit you're trying to keep it going. But you'd really like a little more fuel for the fire if you could just remember what you was mad about. <laughs> so there have been times we realize, you know what, this is not worth it. This is not worth it. Amen. And so I'll tell you today that I, I know the Scripture refers to the fruit of the vine and there are references of wine even mentioned in Scripture. But, you know, I know there have been occasions and times through the years missionaries have told stories of not being able to have access to uh, to certain things, and they had to use what they had. I'm, I'm not saying, nor am I dare suggesting you could just use anything, but I think it needs to be one or the other. But I don't think we need to divide over those things. Amen? Amen. My real honest feeling is that the importance is not on the wine or the grape juice, but the real importance is found in my ability and the significance to remember that Jesus Christ came to this earth but if he had just walked this earth and did a few miracles and performed a few acts and then just exited this world, then it would have never meant anything. But his death and his resurrection, that's why we're here today. And so communion is about waiting and remembering. And so every time we gather to take communion, we're remembering and we're waiting on the Lord to come. We're remembering that he promised, if I leave, I will come again. And so Jesus took the cup and the bread, and he transformed them into a meaningful spiritual experience for all believers. It was common. It was bread and, 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 and the wine or the bread and the fruit of the, of the vine was as common as anything in that day. But he took those two common things and he gave such spiritual significance to all of them. Amen. I believe the value of that the, the experience 
depends on the condition of our heart and the heart of those who participate because it is a serious thing. Communion is a very serious thing. It is a serious thing to enter into a service, a communion service with an unprepared heart. It's a serious thing to receive communion in a careless manner. Let's just do this because we're doing it. It's just something to do. Amen. That's what we found in the book of Corinthians. The Corinthians have been sinning by observing the Lord's Supper and God disciplined them for that. Amen. The Bible says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, or many have died. That's what he said in Corinthians 11.30. Communion gives us an opportunity for spiritual growth and, and blessings if we approach it in the right attitude. Amen. So let's look at what it takes to receive the blessing of the Lord that He desires for us to have. I, I, at this particular time, I'm going to ask our musicians to come. And I'm going to ask those that are serving the communion to begin to prepare serving that. And they're going to do that while I'm talking. And so if you can just focus your attention here uh, and, and not be distracted by that. Amen. If you'd like to participate, they will gladly serve you And uh, as I make some closing remarks here. Communion is a time for observation. Communion is a time to look back. To look back. The broken bread reminds us of Jesus Christ's body given for us. The cup reminds us of His shed blood. And so communion is a time to look back. Communion is also a time to look ahead because the Scripture says that we should observe the Lord's Supper until He comes. Am I in the book? And so what we're doing here today is not just some little religious rite. But this is a reminder of where the Lord has brought us. And it is also a reminder of where the Lord is taking us. And so I'm going to look ahead. I'm going to observe it until He comes. I'm going to tell you today, without a doubt, the return of Jesus Christ is the most blessed hope that the church has. And it is certainly the most blessed hope that we have as an individual. But not only should this be a time for us to look back And not only should this be a time for us to look ahead, but please hear me this morning. This right now should be a time that we look within. If we are to participate in a worthy manner, then we need to examine our own heart. We need to judge our own sins. And we need to confess them before the Lord. So, brother boy, when should I do that? Right now. There's not a better time. You know, some people say, well, I'm not going to participate in this because I haven't got, quite got all these issues worked out in my life. Well, when are you going to do that? Because if you're not in a shape to take communion, what are you going to do if the trumpet sounds? If you're not in condition to take communion, what are you going to do if the Lord calls you home individually this afternoon? And so we need to take care of some things right now. Because we know this, that if we won't judge our own sins, God will. Amen. And so I want to take care of that. I don't want to leave anything undone this morning, especially I'm going to refer to the atmosphere of this service. Amen. The power of God, the deliverance that we've already had in this service. Amen. We've had the Spirit of God touch many lives. and Amen. And so we're even going to have a baptismal service, right, as soon as this service is over. Uh, this sweet lady that just got through praying a while ago, desiring to be baptized. That's going to happen at the end of this service today. And so, amen, don't leave undone. Don't leave anything undone while you're in the presence of the one that has the power to change it. Amen. 
Amen. We're here right now. The help is here. And so don't leave. You know, I know I've used this illustration a lot, but bear with me. But the scripture says that when the, when they brought the woman that had been caught in adultery, when they brought her to Jesus and commanded that Jesus do something about that, here's what Jesus said. He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And so I'm assuming from what I read from scripture that the only sound we heard later after this was just the sound of rocks hitting the ground. And all of those people walked away from Jesus. Now get this, if you will. They walked away from Jesus with confessed sin in their life. Because he said, without sin, let him, if you're without sin, let him cast the first stone. So apparently there was no sinless among them. And so they walked away from Jesus who was standing right there that could have delivered them of their sin, forgiven them of their sin. Amen. So today we're in the presence of Jesus. And so don't walk away with unfinished business. Amen. If you got a problem with God, get it right. If you got a problem with somebody in the church, get it right. If you got a problem with me, get it right. Amen. Why? Because the Lord could come. I want to examine my heart. I want to be right. Amen. They walked away with sin in their lives. Another thing that we should look behind, we should look ahead, we should look inside. But I think as, as well, we need to look around. Look around. The scripture talks about and uses this phrase, to discern the Lord's body. To discern the Lord's body. Maybe that has a dual meaning. We should discern His body in the bread. We understand that's what that His unleavened bread is going to represent, the body of the Lord that was, that was given for our lives. But I also today want to broaden that if I can just for an illustration to discern the Lord's body look at the body of Christ the body of Christ other believers that are in this house the body of Christ I'm thankful for the church where would I be without the church when I come into this house on Sunday and Wednesday and I see your smiling faces I'm so thankful for the church I'm glad I'm not in this by myself when I go down to camp meeting and I see that tabernacle filled from wall to wall I think Lord this is just a drop in the bucket I'm not alone in this I am not by myself in this I'm thankful for the body of the Lord. I'm thankful for the church. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the church. What a valuable thing. A valuable thing. I'm going to tell you that it is impossible for us to get closer to the Lord if we are separated from one another. We're kidding ourselves if we think we can be all up in the air with one another and we're going to get closer to the Lord. It doesn't work that way. Amen. If you bring your gift to the altar and realize there's something that's wrong, He said, leave that gift and you go get that taken care of. Why? Because I want to draw close to you and I want you to draw close to me. Amen. But we got to get things right with one another. The identity of the church is summarized by this. John 13, 35. The identity of the church. Here is the legal description of the church. It doesn't matter where you have your building. It doesn't matter the longitude, the latitude, the geographic positioning of your house of worship. That's not what makes us a church. Amen? It doesn't matter whether... It doesn't matter what kind of music you may have or what kind of music you may not have. It doesn't matter what kind of Sunday school you may have, what kind of Sunday school you may not have, what kind of outreach ministries you may have or outreach ministries you don't have. What really identifies the church is John 3.35. By this shall all men know you're my disciples, 
if you have love one to another. And when someone in the body is hurting, amen, the rest of the body ought to run, run to that place of that, that place of that body. Amen. You know, sometimes you can get a, a cut on your thumb, a cut on your hand, and it, it, I know that it may throb and ache right there, but you know what? Your whole body is aware that something's going on. Your whole body is aware that everything is not right. The whole body. I'm thankful for the body of Christ. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, with me this morning. Today our children are with us. They normally participate in communion separate. Outside of this collective setting, Sister Rayleigh and, and her staff year after year normally serve children their communion and explain it to them in a fashion that they can understand. And since we were doing it this way a little bit different today, I ask that their Sunday school teachers talk to them about what we're doing right now. And so they're not coming in here blindly. And so I'm going to ask us this morning right now to just join together where you are for a season of prayer and just ask the Lord to help us. Help us to consider this new year. I'm not talking about New Year's like in just New Year's resolutions that will be gone in a few days. But I'm talking about God help us. Amen. I want the Lord to help me to be, I'm not just saying this. I want the Lord to help me to be a better father, a better father-in-law, a better husband, a better preacher, a better pastor, a better shepherd. I want the Lord to help me to be a better neighbor. Amen. A better friend. I want the Lord to help me to be more spiritual. I ask God daily, Lord, let me see Your Word differently. Amen. I'm not talking about in a strange way, but Lord, let me see Your Word. Let me look through Your Word. Let it just resonate in my heart. Amen. Not just in my intellect, but let me hide that Word in my heart. Let me commit that Word to my heart. Because Paul said to Timothy, that Word that's been committed to you, commit thou into other men. And so, Lord, I want You to help us to do that. And so that's what kind of prayer I'm asking You to pray. If there's something wrong in your life, I'm going to tell you this this morning. You need to get to some point that you stop repenting about the same thing and ask God for deliverance. Amen. Don't, don't, just, don't just lose your temper and then say, Okay, Lord, you know my genetic makeup and you know how my daddy was. You know how my granddaddy was. We need to ask God to deliver us from that rotten, stinking attitude. Amen. If we're just ill and, amen, if we got a bad attitude, we need to ask God to touch us and help us. Don't just keep repenting about the same old thing, but Lord, change me. I've been born again. I've been filled with Your Spirit. If you have trouble telling the truth, say, God, I'm asking You to help me stop this old line. Amen. I've talked about lying the last couple services like there's really something going on. Amen. I don't know of anything. But but, uh, but if that's the case, then Lord, put truth in my mouth. And may lies be a part of me. Let them be separated from me. Amen. Lord, if I'm not honest in my heart, I'm asking You to take that dishonesty away and put honesty in my steps and integrity and character in who I am. May I be the best we can be. Praise God. Can we pray together? Lord, I'm asking You today... God, touch us as a church. Lord, we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Your hand is upon us. God, I praise You and I thank You for the leadership of this church. I thank You for our Sunday school department, our teachers, Lord. And I thank You for those that are investing in their lives. I thank You, Lord, for our children's church ministries. And I thank You for our student ministries, God. I thank You for our men and ladies and our outreach and the inreach, God. I thank You for all of those things. God, it's so apparent that You've blessed us beyond measure. Lord, you bless blessed us beyond what we could ever dare 
have dreamed or thought or imagined years ago when the seed of this church was planted in the soil. Oh God, You brought us such a long way. But oh, I believe, Lord, that our best days are not behind us, but our best days are ahead of us. I believe, Lord, the greatest testimonies of this church of all time are testimonies that have yet to be born. Situations that have yet to be experienced. And so I pray, God, that You'll help us. Lord, forgive us of our sin. Forgive us of our iniquity. Forgive me, Lord, of sins of my flesh, of deeds and actions. Amen. But I pray, God, that You would forgive me of my iniquity, my fault and the intent, God, that would not be in line with Your Word. I pray that Your anointing, O Lord, would strengthen us and touch us. God, help us to bind together as one. Lord, when there's a problem, when there's a problem between one another, Lord, help me to have the courage and the confidence in Your Word to make those wrongs right because i got to make heaven my home. And i got to get close to You, God. But I can't get close to You if I'm not close to those that You have planted me near in this church family. And so, oh, I pray, Lord, Your authority and Your anointing, oh God, upon this day, upon this service, upon this moment, oh God, upon the actions that we're about to partake, of let the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost lead us and guide us and strengthen us, Lord. I pray as we step into our future, Lord, that we will have the good will and the good sense to say, God, we can't go there without You. We can't do this without You. You've brought us a long, long way. And oh Lord, we lift our hands in adoration. We lift our voice in adoration. I pray, God, that You would forgive us, that You would help us, that You would mend us and mold us in Your image. Oh God, carry us. Oh, carry us in Your arms. Your arms are stronger than ours. Lord, You see the future. You see where we're headed, God. We're asking You, Lord, to put our confidence and our faith and our trust in that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to make wrongs right. I want to make heaven my home. Amen. Hate Make heaven my home. You know, that great disciple that had... The, the wherewithal to say this, Amen, that after preaching to others, that I myself should be a castaway. I'm going to tell you this morning, I have the tremendous honor to be called to the ministry. I don't take that lightly. I take that very, very seriously. But you know what? This morning, I want you to hear me and hear me well. I'm not just trying to get you to heaven. I'm trying to get there myself. And so I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not doing. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not doing. Amen. Because i got to make heaven my home. Amen. If you're not familiar with uh, the particular cup that's in your hand, if you'll peel back the very first layer, if you'll peel back the very first layer, that will reveal the unleavened bread. And if you will, take that. And then I'm going to read a scripture. And when we read that scripture, then we will do this in unison. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to just touch what we're doing here today. Amen. This is not a light matter at all. And so if you'll just hold that just a moment. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11:24, And when he had given thanks, talking about the bread, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now you can peel back the second layer of that. 
Verse 25, if you'll just hang on a minute, the Bible says in verse 25, after the same manner, also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's partake of this. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just worship Him. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.